The following audio drama is rated PG-13 and may include coarse language, sexual references, and violence. Parental guidance is recommended. Children under the age of 13 should listen with an adult. This is a Look and See Audio production, where entertainment is always free. What's up, Jamie and everybody at your podcast here or Cyberland or whatever? My name's Bill Holwig, and I've been asked to talk about my fantasy audio drama, The Saga of the Grog and Griffin. Where to begin? I guess I'll start at the beginning. As I said, my name's Bill Holwig, and I wrote, directed, post-produced, and voice-acted in this original tale of fantasy that we've been putting up on both Westlake Films' website and Broken Sea. And my goal was to transport the listeners to another realm of wonder, magic, and mayhem. And pretty much that's about it. I just wanted people to enjoy a good old tale of swords and sorcery. We don't ask for donations for any of this. We're doing it all for fun. I mean, just to put art out there. If this is art, I don't know, but it, it's fun to do. And we love the medium of audio drama slash radio plays. So that's pretty much it. And I'd like to thank you all who have listened to it. And if you haven't, give it a shot. It's a lot of fun. Okay, why did I do this? Why fantasy? Having just discovered the wonders of audio drama or the radio play medium back in November of 2005, I noticed there were all sorts of really cool horror, sci-fi, mystery, all sorts of stuff that was out there to listen to. Just go to Westlake Films, Darker Projects, you know, the, the list goes on. And there's hundreds of cool tales. I mean, Doctor Who comes to mind. I'm a big Doctor Who fan. Star Wars. But anyway, I love sci-fi and horror tales, but it surprised me that few, if any, were producing any fan fiction or original tales I could find of fantasy out there, especially with the overwhelming success of The Lord of the Rings, Narnia, and, of course, Harry Potter. Not to mention Conan back in the day. But anyway, at the cinema and in books, which is why I chose the genre. As well as my love of Celtic Renaissance Fair music, this audio drama is a celebration of both art forms, both the fantasy audio drama or audio drama art form and Celtic Renaissance Fair music. And that's why if you've listened to it, sometimes there's a ton of music in there, but I love it both. I think it creates a whole new feel to the audio drama realm that isn't out there. I mean, I let the music tell as much about the story as the story itself, and it works for the most part. Sometimes I go a bit heavy on the music, but anyway. Let's see, the Grog and Griffin Tavern. The saga of the Grog and Griffin Tavern is a tale about the exploits of the characters who frequent the Grog and Griffin Tavern. Makes sense. It's located in the village of Hammerstooth, which is on the edge of the civilized lands in the, the, the Grog and Griffin world. 
Paul Mannering, a good friend of mine and a VA and one of my co-founders, along with Mark Kalita at Broken Sea. He also plays, Paul plays Olaf and Mark plays Bane Rimborn, among others. But anyway, Paul referred to it warmly as Cheers for the Dark Ages. And that's as good a description as any, though this isn't a comedic sitcom. It's a drama set in the mythic time of sword-bearing heroes and magic of good and ill. There are elements which hopefully will bring a bit of mirth, but, and yes, I did say mirth, ha ha ha, I love using words like that, but anyway, but it's a drama set in the tradition of Tolkien's Lord of the Rings and Robert E. Howard's Conan the Barbarian. Truth be told, I wrote this tale as if Robert E. Howard had been tasked to write a saga in his harsh Conan, unforgiving, sword-wielding style, yet set the story in Tolkien's Middle-earth. While I love Tolkien, Howard's Conan tales have been favorites of mine for as long as I can remember. While I love Tolkien, it was more of a mythology. Were there elements of heroic deeds and daring do and magic and stuff like that? Yes, and they, they rock. But Howard's was more of an action-adventure thing, and I don't know, and since I live in West Texas and near San Angelo, if that helps you any, and Cross Plains, where Robert E. Howard grew up, lived, and passed on at the ripe old age of, I believe, 40, if memory serves, is about two hours from my house. Anyway, these an interesting little side note there, but um, I am also a fan of Battlestar Galactica, the new and the old one. I had in mind a saga that would have some similarities in style, hopefully, to the way the new BSG, Battlestar Galactica, is put together. In the new series, there are two main plots, the Cylons attempting to exterminate the Galactica and a ragtag fleet of survivors, and two, the myth of the Earth, the 13th colony, and the continued search for it by Galactica for sanctuary and an ally to stop the Cylons. This is the backbone of the story, while over the top of this basic premise are a ton of subplots, plots, etc., etc., if you've been keeping up with it on Sci-Fi Channel, between the characters, which makes for a very rich and intriguing story, as opposed to just blowing up Cylons week in and week out, as cool as that could be. But it's a story about the people, just set it in a sci-fi landscape. It could work in almost any setting. But anyway, that was my goal when I set out to do this. The Grog and Griffin, as I mentioned earlier, is a story about a tavern on the fringe of known civilization. The Deanelshire Forest being the start of the unknown realms and the spawning ground for the evil in the land. And the characters that frequent it. This is the underlying theme, but the story, if, if I have succeeded, and I hope I have, is about the people similar in scope to Galactica. I enjoy the fact that to watch Galactica, you cannot miss an episode or you're lost because so much has happened. Just been having a good time with my cast of thousands, and yes, I'm always adding new characters, so it makes it really interesting to write and to keep up with. Need a scorecard sometimes. <laughs> so bear with me. All the characters serve a purpose. In this case, the Codenar prophecy in this initial story arc is going to last well into the second season. And they're all intertwined in one way or another, and it will start to make sense as more things unfold. So like I said, pay attention, bring your scorecard. Visions great of war. 
between the dark and the light The eldritch twist of Armador Wraps the world in a shadow grip As the demon nature's power grows Our spirits and lives doth slip After waging battles long and bloody Can't even bathe his mind What says the prophecy Coding on Through the mist of time Will emerge the fuel The changelings born Who decide our fate As the in New Zealand and Mark Kalita who lives in Chicago are both good friends and even before we'd even come up with this idea to start BrokenSea.com which actually comes from a sword and sorcery epic Paul's writing and I'm trying to turn into a comic book in between producing all these shows I'm producing which is hard to find the time for with family and work and everything but we try but anyway they were early supporters of this and Gareth Preston whom I who is a wonderful actor and he's been in all sorts of stuff and he's actually producing the Weird Sisters at the moment for a stage play which is really cool and he is allowing me to do a poster for, for the, his promotions over in England but anyway I asked him if he would star in it as Algonoir the elder good wizard in the story and he said yes and then when I was looking for a place to put it he offered to put it up on Westlake Films, and I was just blown away and honored because their their films are awesome. Their Doctor Who and Agents of Science audio dramas are incredible, incredible. Anyway, so I was really honored, and about three or four episodes into it, Paul and me and Mac decided to start BrokenSea.com. Mind you, Doctor Who factors in again because Mark Kalita plays an excellent doctor. <laughs> and I had the honor of post-producing the Christmas special this year, Winter's Army of it. But anyway, Mark is one of the best doctors out there and over at Darker Projects. And being as we're all friends. Anyway, they've been supporting this from the beginning. And when we started Broken Sea, I contacted Gareth. And so we've got it on Broken Sea and Westlake Films. And I think the downloads, if I understand Gareth's emails right, or at least from Westlake Films, you know, in the neighborhood of 500 downloads an episode up to this point, it's only been up since October. It's now October of 2006, and it's now I'm sitting here, it's April 6th of 2007. And I couldn't be more pleased that I'm getting emails from the family in Italy 
who has to have scripts sent to them so they could better understand it or have no ball listening to it. So that's really an honor. Another thing I like is, you know, I can sit here and if I choose to pull out my broadsword, pull out my battle axe, cast a spell, turn into a werewolf, grow bat wings, and have a tankard of ale all in one fell swoop. And although it's time consuming, it, you can, this is as close to being George Lucas as you can get. I mean, without going out and, you know, buying billions of dollars worth of computer technology. It's just incredible and a ball to do. And as far as the characters, my initial concept, I had a general idea and I come up with a couple of characters, asked a few friends if they'd act in it, and they said, yes, thank you very much all. And I start contacting other people who might I thought might be interested. But most of the characters, I'd say 70% of the characters, I asked the actors before I'd come up with a character. I just had a script or two at that point. What kind of character they'd like to play? And for about 70% of them, they had a, you know, like one of them wanted to be a barbarian. One of them wanted to be this, or one of them wanted to be a, a swashbuckler, or a gypsy, or, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So I based the characters around the idea that the actors had, which then made it a lot more fun for both them because they'd had something to do with the creation of it. It made it fun for me because it just automatically I came up with story ideas based on the simple fact that, oh, well, where would a gypsy come from? Oh, better do a slight background story, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then I actually, I'm 40 years old and have two granddaughters we're raising and asked them to be in it and they have done awesome. They're some of the best actresses out there on the planet. So if you haven't heard them yet, listen to episode two. They will scare you. They will startle you. They will be cool. Draven and Kyra just rock. Okay, the music. When I first started doing this, Evo Terra of Slice of Sci-Fi pointed out that I had a really rough proof about 15 minutes of the first episode done. And I'd used everything from NFL films music to stuff from Conan and just basically grabbed whatever I could find off the internet. He said it wasn't pod safe and I should contact some bands or whatever. And I discovered the Brobdenakian Bards at thebards.net. Please check them out. After much stress on my part, I sent Mark Gunn an email of the Bards. And he had a few questions. You know, are you doing it for free? Are you doing it money? Yada, yada, yada. Anyway, I told him that this was all for free. I'm just wanting to, you know, put out a thing. And I thought their music was awesome. And could I use it as, you know, a backdrop? And he said, sure, go for it. Love to. And after that, it wasn't quite so hard. I wasn't quite so scared to contact all these bands I've been listening to on Mark's Renaissance Festival podcast, which I recommend highly, too. But anyway... So I contacted Cantiga and Howlow and Oakman's Dreamland, and I've become friends with them all. In fact, Douglas of Howlow has joined our cast as Silvero, the elder king of the Lupesians, the Pack of the Pure, which is real cool, as well as an, another production Paul's producing, Paul Mannering's producing, called The Hunt, which will be coming out soon as well. But anyway, it's, I've gotten to know all these bands, and their music is just it blows me away. It's just awesome, and it makes doing this so fun and exciting and vibrant. And just, it's like stepping back into another world. It's, if you've been to the Texas Renaissance Festival or any of them, it's like stepping into Tolkien's Lord of the Rings or Robert e. Howard's Conan or, you know, David Edding's Belgaria tale. It just it, it, it makes it easy to write and work with. And I'd like to thank from the bottom of my heart right now, Gareth and Andrew and all the incredible people at Westlake Films and Paul and Mac and Dave Sipkoyak for believing in me here at Our Broken Sea. 
for allowing a guy living in West Texas to come up with an audio drama, send out emails for lines to all over the world. Paul lives in New Zealand, Mac lives in Chicago, you know, Natasha lives up in New York, Fiona lives in Scotland, Gareth lives in England. I mean, it's this is a worldwide thing. The, some of the bands I've used are over in England. There's the Brodenagian Bards over in Austin, a couple hours from where I live. And Douglas and Bella of Howlow live up in Montana, if memory serves. And Cantiga's out of Houston. But anyway, the music that I've got is just from all over the place. And then, of course, Podsafe Audio has supplied James Underberg, Devin Anderson, and Seraphic Panoply, as well as Thomas of Oakman's Dreamland and Emu Ziki. Just some of the various bands that I've used in this thing. My wife's band, Rose Matter, who here in episode five was able to add their song Descending to, to the to the Grog and Griffin. And Natasha Lathrop, who came up with an original tune and a background history of the Olaf and Reina the Red, Queen of the Pirates character, which was pretty cool, too. So come on over and check out our website, www.brokensea.com. I'm also doing Planet of the Apes, Ulysses, Galactic Guides, and Bounty Hunting, Inc. Anyway, I wish you all a good evening, and I hope this helped explain a little bit about the Grog and Griffin. And come back again when the magic and mayhem begin anew. Kind friends and companions, join me in rhyme. Come and lift up your voices and chorus with mine. Let us drink and be merry, all grief to refrain. For we may and might never meet here again. So here's a health to the company and one to my lass. Let us drink and be merry, all out of one glass. Let us drink and be merry, all grief to refrain. For we may and may never meet here again. So here's a health to the wee lass that I love so well. At night when the moon is full and the sea is smooth as glass Along the rocky shore there awaits a lovely lost says I'll return to thee. Out on the horizon, the lady she spied a sail. Truthful to his word he was, her lover did not fail. For the sailor lad's return, her former betrothed, who vowed the ship would burn. She knew not that the one she'd spurned was also waiting. 
come shattered by cannon fire under banner of the king. The ship went down as she watched tearfully. Woe to the last, he said, who would dare to refuse me? She dove in the water and swam to save her life. Pulled him to the shore, she did, with all the strength she had. The king's men came, and in jail they did throw he. He'd hang the next morning for the crime of piracy. He stood on the scaffold as the townsfolk gathered round. But his lady stole a navy ship and laid siege upon the town. I've come, my dear, and save at you I have. Woe befalls the foolish man who would tempt this lady's wrath.